The views and opinions expressed by various contributors to 98.5 CKWR and its radio programs are their own and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of 98.5 CKWR Wired World, Inc., its broadcasters, staff, or volunteers. Listeners are urged to use their own discernment and draw their own conclusions. Good morning, my name is Rob Daniels and welcome to Visions in Sound. Now for those that may be joining me for the very first time, Visions in Sound is a movie, TV, and video game soundtrack program that I produce each and every week right here on 98.5 CKWR. Well, here we are, show number 45 of 2021 and show 1098 if you're keeping track that way. This week we head into November. Yes, November with a celebration of the 20th anniversary of the video game Halo. Halo Combat Evolved was released in 2001. This first-person shooter was developed by Bungie and published by Microsoft Game Studios. It was released as a launch game for Microsoft's Xbox video game console on November 15, 2001. Microsoft released versions of the game for Windows and Mac OS in 2003 halo is set in the far-off future of 20th of the 26th century with the player assuming the role of master chief a cybernetically enhanced super soldier the chief is accompanied by cortana an artificial intelligence you battle aliens as they attempt to uncover the secrets of halo a ring-shaped artificial world halo was a critical and commercial success and is often praised as one of the greatest video games ever made. The game's popularity led to such labels as Halo Clone and Halo Killer. Sometimes that could be used with a Doom and Doom clones. I recall that in any case. Applied. Again, Halo clone, Halo clone or Halo Killer often applied to games either similar or anticipated to be better than it. More often, uh, sorry, more than 5 million copies. So again, where was I? Had been sold worldwide by 2005. Now, the game inspired and was used in the fan 
created Red versus Blue series, which is which is credited as one of the first major successes of Machinima. And if you are not familiar with Machinima or Machinima, depending on how you how you say it, this is a technique in which you use a real time 3D engine, often from a video game, to create animated films. A recent example would be Freeman's Mind or something in the like. Now, to be honest, and I kind of hate to admit this, I've never played the game. I know, I know, I've had 20 years, but I just haven't. I don't know why either, it's a genre of games that does appeal to me. Regardless, I haven't played the games, but was very influenced by the movies. It's, or sorry, the music. It was one of those soundtracks that certainly does stick with you. Now, the music here was composed by both Martin O'Donnell and Michael Salvatore. Now, the music you'll be hearing from today is from a 2008 special music release of the first three games music on the Something label. So here is some music from Halo.
a little bit of music from the 2001 video game Halo. That's music by Martin O'Donnell and Michael Salvatore. Now, we were to be returning to that in just a little bit. But if you're interested in any of the film, television, or video game music that I do play here on the show, by all means, you can contact me at, of course, visionsinsound at gmail.com. You can also try me online at facebook.com slash visionsinsound. I am on the Twitter at Visions Sound. You can also try me at my website, visionsinsound.ca. I'm also available on several podcatchers, the main one being Good Pods. Just type in my name, Visions in Sound, or yeah, just Visions in Sound, or also in Apple Music. You can find me under Visions in Sound as well. So welcome back to Visions in Sound, as this week we are celebrating the 30th, sorry, the 20th anniversary of Halo combat evolved now back in 2009 i had the great opportunity to chat with both martin and michael i was trying out this new to me anyway uh program called skype now because it would help me connect with the composers without actually having to go into the studio and i could basically do everything from home i like doing this as it is a time capsule as the composers were just about to start work on Halo Reach, another game coming out in 2010. And it, in my opinion, places this in history. I could tell you about what they did, had to do, but I think, you know what? It's better to hear it from the actual people. So please enjoy this re-edited version of the my original interview with the composers of Halo from 2009. So how did you first become involved with the Halo series of games? Yeah, uh, in, in uh, 1997, we did Myth of Fallen Lords for Bungie. Mm-hmm. The next year, we did the sequel. And while the sequel was happening, Bungie started working on this other super secret project in the other room. Uh, at the time, it was called Blam. That was the code name. <laughs> and uh, I think the first thing we had to do was, the first major thing we did, I was, I was working really closely with Bungie at that time. Uh, on sound design, Mike was still sort of holding down the fort once again, working on on our, our commercial business, which was sort of slowly slowly dying off. I had sort of lost my fervor for doing kitty litter commercials and vitamins <laughs> commercials and stuff. And uh, I was I was like, no, Mike, really, I think this game thing's going to take off. But hey, man, as long as I thought there was still a buck to be made there, so I wanted to keep going after that biz, you know. <laughs> Oh, I'm sure there was. I'm sure there was. I just sort of lost uh, interest uh, creatively. It was, you know, I, I think my head was so hardwired for 30-second intervals. I, you know, I knew exactly when 29 and a half seconds was up. And I, I was really looking to, to expand into something that, that, you know, we could do more grand and glorious works of music. So anyway, I, I was doing a bunch of sound design for Bungie, and uh, we suddenly had this opportunity to, to do a presentation at Steve Jobs' Mac World 1999 in New York. The guys were going to do a live presentation of a scripted in-game thing that was going to be, I think, I think the guys told me at the time, it'll be, well, it'll be around two to three minutes, or maybe one and a half to two and a half minutes, which of course I knew was going to be around three minutes then. Mm-hmm. I went to the guy at the time who was president of Bungie, Alex Seropian, and I said, look, you know, let us, uh, let, let me really score something to this thing. And, you know, we'll, we'll provide you a score that's going to like, you know, blow people away and really put this game on the map if, if we can, you know, hire an orchestra and singers and really do it right. 
that's how we did the very first Halo theme. We had basically a weekend to put it together. Um, I remember singing a singing the monk chant in my head on the way over to Mike's house, which our studio had just recently, believe it or not, burned down. So now oh. we were working at Mike's house. I drove over there and I and I came into Mike and I said, look, I think it's going to work if we could have some sort of mushy music towards the beginning and then, you know, bombastic music in the middle and then have mushy music at the end because I, I really don't know how long this thing is going to be. So we can always <laughs> contract and expand the mush, mushy parts. I said, here's this monk melody. I think I'm going to have monks sing at the beginning. And Mike is like, okay, sure, monks, whatever. We recorded it the next day, and then Steve Jobs showed it the day after that at, in New York, and and we, we were on the map. Awesome. So now, uh, there's an almost Celtic feel. You mentioned the uh, uh, the main title. Was that planned, or was... Yeah. Can I tell... I'll, I'll answer that one. With what? One O'Donnell. <laughs> <laughs> Figure it out. He's Irish. <laughs> it's in my DNA, I think, yeah. <laughs> We've always had this funny thing where Marty tends to feel things in three, and I tend to feel them in four. And sometimes it actually comes out uh, pretty cool because of that. Yeah. Okay. It's not it's not three like a waltz. It's the microphones. It's compound meter, Mike. It's very complex. Thanks, Marty. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll study up on it. <laughs> so other than that sort of uh, uh, Celtic main title, um, how else did you approach the music for Halo? Well, you know, I think that I, I knew that going in, my first goal was just to get this Macworld 99 thing so that uh, it would be something that people would remember. It would be impressive and, and people would, you know, hopefully see this thing and hear it and want more. And then almost a year went by, or more than a year actually, from that time when, before we actually started working on music specifically for the game. And uh, in the meantime, Microsoft bought Bungie. I ended up coming on full time as the audio director and composer at Bungie, and we ended up, you know, moving to Seattle. And there was all sorts of upheaval. Luckily, that initial piece of music we we kept using, either that or you know mixes of that piece for uh, marketing pieces that went out. So it, it became pretty much the you know the theme to Halo. So I knew that once the game started in development in full production that I, I was going to be able to dip back into some of those themes and expand on them. So that's that's pretty much what we did. We kind of ripped that thing apart and did all sorts of different versions of it and and uh, just got as, as much music as we possibly could. And I, I have something to add to that. I think at the time, we, we really tried to approach it from a cinematic point of view when we were doing music for the game. And, and at the time, it was kind of a newer idea to do that. You know, it was uh, a lot of games were just rock music and stuff like that. We really tried to come at it more from the, the idea of like, well, what if this was a movie? What would the music sound like? And, mm-hmm. and I think so. I think that kind of helped raise the level a bit. All right. So what influenced instrument choice? You know, that's interesting. I think that uh, some of it is just it, it, it's you can find stuff that Mike and I did for commercials and some films back in the in the 90s where as a matter of fact I think it was the principal financial group remember Mike where we had yeah, long yeah. singing and and uh, you know we we did a lot of I don't know we, we've always done fun rollicking sort of cello pieces and and stuff like that so to, to a certain extent I think we were falling back on things that we knew we could do well the guy who's the director here, pretty much the story director, Joe Staten, came to me and said, okay, this need, this thing needs to feel mysterious and ancient and epic. So I took those three words and I thought, well, okay, let's see. Epic means, you know, sort of bombastic orchestra and timpanies and, and of course, the, the low strings, which we really like to work with. 
and mysterious that was cool effects and and mysterious sounding washy things and then the ancient stuff i think was really you know that's that's where the monks came from i just felt like if you had monks singing you would immediately get this feeling of something that's really old that sort of set the palette right there all right well what is the most rewarding aspect of working on halo go ahead mike i I, i'm i'm stumped i I, the 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 12 year old boy down the street thinks i'm cool that's pretty rewarding. <laughs> it's just, I have to admit, it's, it's kind of fun, you know, when people find out that you actually worked on it or, or did some of that. It's kind of cool. I enjoy that part of it. Well, I mean, it, and, and the fun thing is that we've, uh, there's a, a couple of video game music tours that are out there. And I think the most successful one is uh, Video Games Live which is, I think, up to something like 68 shows or something this year, which oh, travels oh. around the country or the world, actually, now. Mm-hmm. with a, yeah. They have a live orchestra, and they do all this stuff. And uh, Mike and I have both been to a few of these a couple times together. Uh, you know, several times Mike's been in, what, have you been to Pittsburgh and Montreal or something? And Yeah, I've, I've been to a lot of places. Yeah, San Francisco. It's fun. I've been to, to Vancouver and here in Seattle and Chicago and... And it's just, it's real. That actually is one of the most rewarding moments, I think, just to hear the music live on stage with you know a, a big live audience that's responding to everything, and they and they're super responsive to what they're hearing, and th- that's really rewarding. Yeah, that is a lot of fun. Uh, hearing the crowd re- react to the to the music is a blast. Well, where is the where has been the most unusual place you've gone? Oh, wait a minute, that's some of the music I've written for Halo or some other project that you've worked on. <laughs> Mm. Well, you know, it's funny, especially once music gets, you know, digitized and it's out there on the Internet. Uh, it's like people, you know, will use this stuff in, and we find out about it later on. I think I think the worst one was uh, some website that I think had like, you know, some sort of bizarre Kama Sutra chair or something. You might have to edit this, but I mean, it was, it, it, and somebody like forwarded it to me and they said, hey, Marty, look, they're using the Halo music on this site. And I'm like, what? So, yeah, sure enough, you clicked on the site and you saw this these weird products that they were selling and it was the Halo Monk singing over it. So, hey, I wasn't aware of that. Send me the link, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I would actually say, I'll go back to the uh, the first time I heard, one, back in the days when we used to do jingles, the first time I heard one of our jingles on the air, I was standing inside of Walgreens and it came over the speaker on the ceiling. I remember what a cool feeling that was to hear our music playing inside this store and there are all these people around and I wanted to say, hey, we wrote that, you know. <laughs> and I, I didn't. I just stood there and listened to it. You know, I found a speaker and stood right under it and, and it, it was kind of a cool feeling. And also, like the first time I ever heard one of our, our uh, pieces in the car, you know, like on a radio spot. Yeah. That was, I don't know, it's, it's just, uh, it's exciting. Well, you know, it's, it's the, if, you, if you've ever, you know, you watch that thing you do, which is yes. uh, my favorite movies of all time, and the, and the scene where, you know, this little garage band, they make their little acetate, and the guy takes it, and it finally gets played on the radio in the local radio station, and I don't think it ever really gets any better than that. It's like no. the first no. time, I, I swear, it was that first jingle we did for Marshall Fields, yeah. and it was, on, it was on during the Bears game, and I still, I think that was like, that was probably the most excited I ever was. It was so much fun. I mean, there have been other things that, you know, sort of raised the bar a little bit, but just, just in terms of never hearing anything of, that you've written, you know, in public, uh, and then suddenly there you are during the Bears game, your music is playing. It was, it was a blast. So at what point are you guys brought in uh, to write the music? 
Well, since I'm full time here, I'm I'm in at the very very beginning of everything that Bungie does. So I'm in with the the writers of the opening concepts of what we're trying to do, and the engineers and the game designers uh, of of what it is we're trying to do. So I'm sort of absorbing just about everything that has to do with what this game is all about, and what what sort of mood we're trying to set. We, I don't start writing music right away until there's something that needs music, like a, a trailer or an announcement piece or something like that. And at that point, then then I, I I call Mike. So Mike gets to sit out for the opening <laughs> sessions until until there's actual real work that needs to be done on, on the music, and then uh, I I give Mike a call. Yeah, so, it's kind of fun. Marty Marty shields me from all the the, the crazy <laughs> chaos that goes on out there, and he, he just he calls me and says, "Here's what we need. We need it by net this time or whatever." And we and we start and we start doing stuff. I, Marty, thank you for that, by the way. <laughs> it helps me. Yes. Yeah, it's funny. I think somebody somebody was saying like, "Well, it's really nice that you have Mike to like handle the business while you do all the creative stuff." I saw that some some, some <laughs> post online, and it really cracked me up because it's almost the opposite. I, I, I you know, I, both Mike and I do a lot of creative stuff, but Mike <laughs> Mike is never involved really in the business side anymore. And and in terms of the relationships with all the rest of the developers here at Bungie, that that that's something I have to put up with every day. Mike doesn't. Yes, Marty's <laughs> got all the bruises and scars. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, obviously, uh, writing music for a game is different than writing for uh, for a movie. Um, how do you spot the the game? Do you receive demos, playable games of the uh, portions of the game? Uh, how, how does that uh, process work? Well, okay, I'll, I'll take this one again because I'm here from the very beginning. We've been especially because we also do all the sound design and the voice recording. So anything that has to do with audio, I mean, anything that comes out of the speakers at all, you know, from the smallest little game sound to the, to, to the, the actors' voices, to, to the music, to the weapons, to the vehicles, everything, that's all being done by us. And so that means we have to be, I have to have a, a build machine. I have to have machines that are hooked up to the computers and, and are you know, hooked up to the Xbox development kits. And I'm working in the, the game engine every day. So what was fun back in the myth days uh, in Chicago, we, it was all, we would get builds from Bungie of the game itself. And we would have the, the audio engine that was very primitive at the time. That was also a thing that I probably spent the most time on. And, and I shielded Mike from some of those, <laughs> some of those <laughs> things too. So I would work out, with the the programmers like well this needs to respond this way and wouldn't it be cool if we could loop things this way and overlap this here and i would have the engineers actually continue to iterate and build the audio engine in a way that i thought would be logical for playing sounds and music and voice and it's been continuing now for the last for whatever it is now 12 13 years where we we are continually to uh upgrading and iterating on on a really really amazingly dynamic uh, sound engine so i when it comes to the music side of things the thing about dynamic or you know responsive music interactive music is at the end of the day i still think it needs to feel like you are in a scored movie yes which means that music still needs to be musical it still needs to have rhythm and melody and harmony and beginning middles and ends uh, even even ambient stuff needs to have something that feels like it could stand on its own but we need to be able to basically dissemble any piece of music and play it back in a sound engine that can extend and contract or change based on what the player is doing responding to the player 
So I, I continue to work on the engine so that that however we write music or whatever music we produce, it can be played back in this dynamic way. <laughs> Once again, Mike doesn't have to worry about that part. <laughs> well, now, wait a minute. I, I, you're right. I don't, although I, I think it really has, because it's not a linear form, it does affect how, how I write. And, and I, I try to think ahead and think, well, can this be you know taken apart in different pieces and can it be yeah. looped and all this other stuff? So I, 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 you may not notice, but I do try to do that. <laughs> I make do like a little bit easier. Like, sorry, Mike. I, I mean, I just mean you don't have to worry about like the like going to the programmer and asking him to you know change the code so things will oh, work. Oh yeah, no, no, that would be horrible. But, <laughs> yeah, and the nice thing is that I always you know anything that, that Mike and I produce, we we keep always stemmed out because you know even the the, the smallest stem sometimes some of the most inco- inconsequential stems in any piece that we do might end up turning into an entirely new piece or a, something that just stands alone and, and works really well in the engine and then that can be added to with, with other things. So it's a really interesting process because in a certain way, we're, we're not only the composers, but we're the music editors at the same time. So we're, uh, when, when it comes to like spotting a game, I'm sitting here with the game as it develops, looking at the levels, talk, talking with the, the level designers and trying to figure out where where they believe the emotional high points should be and what sort of story is being told. So that, that's pretty much how that works. So now, do you approach, I mean, you've, you've done obviously the music for Halo 2, Halo 3. Do you approach each game differently? Is it kind of play the title and some familiar music from the last game, maybe some new stuff? I could jump on that one for a sec. I, I think sure. that, um, especially like on the last game on ODST, we, we had already pretty much decided that we weren't going to do any of the old themes again. So that was actually just a little bit intimidating because in, um, when you're working on, like when we were working on Halo 3, you know, if a new idea wasn't coming, I could always dust off an old one and just give it a new look, you know? Mm-hmm. In this case, that wasn't, that wasn't really an option. And it, it, was, it was really fun, though, and, and it, was, it was kind of cool how a lot of new ideas came out. We, had, we apparently still had a lot of uh, new, new ideas inside of us, and it was, uh, it was a lot of fun to work on. Yeah, and there better be more where that came from, by the way. There better be, right. <laughs> <laughs> the well better not be dry. we got to keep going. No, and, and the thing is, 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 to some extent, we knew that Halo 1, 2, and 3 was you know, going to be seen as a trilogy. So the, the themes and the, and the way things developed uh, needed to have a certain you know, unified feel to it. But with the last game, which was Halo ODST, Halo 3 ODST, it was a brand new cast of uh, characters, completely new story, a a really different feel to it. It was this film noir, almost detective story feel to a lot of it. So we decided pretty early on that it would be all new music. And and the game itself sort of uh, grew and expanded over the, the 12 months of development to the point where I... I, by the end, we ended up having about three hours of, of all new music. So that was pretty. In, uh, I would never have planned on doing that much <laughs> at the beginning, but that's just the way it turned out. Well, now, how do you guys prepare your music to go on to a, a soundtrack album? That's a completely different thing. And the interesting thing to me is that, especially f- what I try to do in, in just approaching the game is it's it's all about serving the game. It's always making sure that the game itself feels whole and complete and and the music serves what needs to happen in the game and i'm always hoping that at the end of the the process i can you know go back to it and and mike and i can look at everything we did and say hey is there a soundtrack album here we've been pretty lucky the last two we are have been you know double uh cds um with you know perhaps more 
more music than actually should be in there. But the fans absolutely, even even on this last one, we had three hours of music, and the fans still say, "Hey, you you didn't include that piece that happened on level three in the corner of the thing." And I'm like, well, we had to eliminate something. But uh, well, yeah, I, it's, I tend it's a to process. Oh no, I'm sorry. I just I was going to say though. Uh, I, I do tend when when when, write, when writing. There's always in the back of my mind. I'm always thinking, this is going to some some point. This is going to probably end up on a soundtrack. So I do try to keep that in mind just a little bit. Although you're right, it doesn't it, in the big picture. It doesn't really matter because the game's got to. It's got to be for the game. When we get to the soundtrack stage, uh, sometimes there are, are big mixes that we did during the the production that just never found a place. Like the full mix of something never really found a place in the game. But pieces of that that mix, you know, were in the game, and the themes were in the game. And but now it's time to like say, well, here, everybody, here's the here's the original piece that you never actually heard complete in the game, but it's on the soundtrack album. Well, how do you guys come up with with track titles? <laughs> <laughs> that's yours, Marty. Uh, that's pretty funny. Um, when I send stuff out, I number it. It's yeah, all, it's number one, number two, <laughs> number three. <laughs> So I have no idea what they're going to be called. So I have a folder of like Mike one, Mike two, Mike three, and then when I add my stuff to it, it becomes Marty Mike one and Marty Mike two. And sometimes it'll be you know it'll start off spooky string, spooky strings one, and you know drums two. We have horribly unimaginative titles as we're working on these things. And that's pretty much the way they stay all, in, you know, when I make files out of them for the game, uh, because I remember what they are. And then when we make the soundtrack, all of a sudden, I'm, I, you know, I can't call it Spooky Strings 3. It, it just isn't going to work. So even all the way back to Halo 1, the writers at Bungie, the guys who, who, who like to write, I will show them the soundtrack and let them listen to it and say, hey, give me some, some titles. So that's that's the titles. I, w- I would say maybe ten percent of the titles come out of, of my head, and there's a, that probably. I'm not sure, Mike. Have you ever titled anything? Not a single uh, thing. My record's clean. Take <laughs> <laughs> no blame for any of our titles. Right. But the rest of it comes from uh, guys here at Bungie, and and uh, it's really good because the guys will take a fresh listen to things, and they'll see where it's happening in the game, and they'll try to relate it to something thematically that's happening in the game. You know, I'll get a, a pass from a couple of these guys on what they think the title should be, and I'll work with them for a little bit, and that's how it comes out. Now, were you surprised at the uh, um, the popularity of the music of Halo? No, not at all. Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, it's, uh, it is sort of shocking to... You know, it was funny. I think when we first started, I remember on Myth, you know, I... I I think the first melodic thing that I did was this sort of cello line that was very morose and, and dramatic, and it was sort of a solo cello thing. And I'm, I'm thinking, how in the world is this going to work for this weird little, you know, real time strategy game that's going to be on a computer? We played it for the guys over at Bungie, and I remember one of the one of the engineers came over to me and he said, "Hey, Marty, that cello rocks." So I thought, well, that's a good sign. And and I remember thinking, you know, the kids who are going to be playing computer games and, and adults, you know, it would be nice to be able to know that, you know, they're listening to music that we like and we think is more than just sort of typical uh, electronica or, or rock and roll or whatever. And so 
I think we, we just continue to write music that we think is, is cool and we like it and we think it's, you know, this is the kind of stuff we would like to listen to. And, um, and it so far has been working. For some reason, uh, other people seem to like it. And, yeah, I'm, I'm very surprised by the overall popularity of it. Certainly it helps to have a really great game uh, to have your music on because you get millions of people playing the game and along with that they're hearing this music. So the music becomes popular too. Yeah, I, I will admit. I will admit. I'm very surprised. I was just kidding before. <laughs> you never know. And, and and quite frankly, we've we've written, I think, really great music for games that nobody ever bought, too. You know, I don't want to tell everybody that, but uh, in Subterracore, come on, yeah, yeah. cool music in that game, and nobody ever bought it. Yeah. Now, did you have any involvement in the uh, the music to Halo Wars? No, actually, that was done completely by, you know, Ensemble, and uh, Steve Rippey is the composer down there, and I know Steve, and, and he, he called me a few times during the composition and process, and he wanted to have me, you know, I think it was just out of politeness, frankly, that he, you know, sent me some stuff and wanted my opinion or input and stuff, and, and I, I just really encouraged him. I said, Steve, look, this is, you know, it's your, it's your game, it's your company, you guys should just do what you think is right, and I encouraged him to do you know, whatever they thought was right. So, no, we didn't have any direct involvement in it. I did get a chance to go to the studio here. Uh, Steve did some finishing at a studio here in Seattle, Studio X, and he invited me over to listen to the final mix on some things, and it was it was really nice. But I don't want to, I don't want to ever, you know, tell anybody, any other game studio or a composer, you know, what to do or, or how to do anything. So it was fun just to hear what he did. And he, I think... At some point during the development, they decided to sort of quote a few Halo themes that we had done, and uh, that was that was an honor to, to hear them do that. I'll send you some tracks when it's done. No, 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 no. I'm sure it's going to be good. All right, guys. Well, I really appreciate the uh, the time you've given me today. It's uh, the music to Halo is amazing. Oh well, thanks, Thank thanks, Robert. Thank I appreciate being able to talk to you. Thanks. It's been a lot of fun. Eleven years ago, folks. That's how long ago that was, and uh, fantastic interview. I, I love being able to repurpose these interviews because basically what it does is it sets, in my opinion, like I said, and I said this earlier, it sets a little bit of a time capsule, a stamp in history as to when these guys were um, busy doing these games. And I mean... The soundtracks to these games, they're huge. Like this, like uh, I think Marty was saying at one point, they are huge soundtracks. Um, Two-disc soundtracks, and they're full. Full of the music, and the music is marvelous. I just will say this. If you are interested in any of the film, television, or video game music that I do play here on the show, by all means, you can contact me at, of course, visionsinsound at gmail.com. You can also try me online at facebook.com slash visionsinsound. I'm on the Twitter at visionsound. You can also try me on my website, visionsinsound.ca. You can also be on, found on some podcatchers. And Good Pods is one that I am currently on and am doing. am having a blast being a part of it. In any case, I'm going to continue on with a little bit more music from Halo, and we'll be back in just a little bit. (laughs) 
98.5 CKWR.
And with a little bit of music from the 2001 video game Halo. That's music, of course, by Michael Salvatore and Martin O'Donnell. Welcome back to Visions and Sound as we are celebrating the 20th anniversary of the video game Halo. Well, in, uh, in a top 50 poll ran by the Guinness World Records, this game was listed as the greatest game of all time. Some of the spoken dialogue by the Marines actually comes from the film Aliens, directly from the film, which, oddly enough, we celebrated last week. Now, the ending cutscene, and I'm not, not really giving anything away here, um, shows the Master Chief removing his helmet. We never see his face. But on the PC version of the game, the cutscene can be viewed 
in a free roam view with some minor tweaking and modifying. It shows the Master Chief removing his helmet. Only there's another exact helmet underneath. This video can be viewed on YouTube. Uh, this was a launch title for the Xbox and Gregorian monks, as we mentioned uh, in the, as was mentioned in the interview earlier, were used as vocals, a uh, vocalist for the theme song in Halo. This has been a staple for the Halo games ever since. Now, a Cortana, which I just found out actually um, is also the uh, the AI, I guess, in uh, in in uh, in Windows Ten. Yeah, I just upgraded. Sue me. Uh, was originally written to speak with an English accent, which is why she has lines like sod off. By the time uh, Jen Taylor was cast, the English accent was dropped, but the dialogue was not rewritten for an American accent. Well, I'm going to continue on with a little bit more music from the game Halo as we're celebrating the 20th anniversary of the said game. And we'll be back in just a little bit.
and with a little bit of music from the 2001 video game Halo. That's music by Michael Salvatore. Oh, always do this to me. I haven't been caught like that for a little while, but there's a little bit more music from the 2001 game Halo Combat Evolved. That's music by Michael Salvatore and Martin O'Donnell. Well, if you're interested in any of the film, television, or video game music that I do play here on the show, you can contact me at visionsinsound at gmail.com. You can also try me online at facebook.com slash visionsinsound. I am on the Twitter at Visions Sound. You can also try me on my website, visionsandsound.ca. Look for me on Good Pods, a downloadable app for your phone or like devices. You can find me there as well under Visions in Sound. Well, like I said, welcome back to Visions in Sound. As this week, we are celebrating the 20th anniversary of the video game Halo Combat Evolved. For the 10th anniversary of the game in 2011, there was a special release that celebrated and reimagined the music of sorts. As audio producer Paul Lipsom put in the liner notes, we wanted to honor every note, every turn, and every emotion that Martin O'Donnell and Michael Salvatore originated. And in doing so, the utmost care and attention to detail, it was a chance to touch the sound of history and to realize a new dream of musical renewal. Now, even using the music composed by Martin and Michael, it was adapted to, and rather orchestrated for this album by Paul Lipsom, Lenny Moore, Tom Salta, and Brian Tifton, and performed here by the Skywalker Symphony. So here is some music from that 10th anniversary album, Halo Anniversary. Oh. 
with a little bit of music from the 2001 game Halo Combat Evolved. That's actually from a re-recording of the music with the Skywalker Symphony uh, back in 2011 for the 10th anniversary of the game. Great release. There's a whole bunch of other music I would love to get to at this point, but... If you are interested in any of the film, television, or video game music that I do play here on the show, by all means, you can contact me at, of course, visionsinsound at gmail.com. You can also try me online at facebook.com slash visionsinsound. I'm on the Twitter at visionsound. You can also try my website, visionsinsound.ca, or you can find me on Good Pods or other good pod catchers uh, just under the name, uh, just under the name Visions in Sound. So that's all for me. Thanks for hanging in, those that did. Now, before I end off today's program, I hope as you're getting on with your day that you realize just how awesome you are. Never let anyone tell you any different. If you're ever feeling not right, there are people out there who care about you and are willing to chat. If not family, then some professional who can help. As Rocky said, nobody hits harder than life. I know from personal experience how hard it is for me to sit behind this mic week after week when I feel like no one's listening. I would never have made it this far without the support of a team of people behind me. If you or someone you know is in crisis and needs help, resources are available in case of emergency. Please call 911 for immediate help. The Canadian Association for Suicide Prevention, Depression Hurts, and Kids Help Phone at 1-800-668-6868 all offer ways of getting help if you or someone you know may be suffering from mental health issues. Join me next week. As we continue into November with a look at the scores to Marvel's What If. I'll end off this week's show with a live recording of the Halo music from the video game's live release level two. And I will be back next week with more Visions in Sound. <laughs>